Hey, how's it going, everybody? It is your host, Felipe Melicio, the Total Basis Baseball Cosmos edition as we do a little bit of a crossover with our good friend, Melvin Lopez. Melvin, say good morning to everybody. Good morning to everybody. How are y'all? <laughs> good to be here. This is a little uh, rainy Sunday morning here. Yeah, so, it's uh, a little well, bit under the weather, but it's better right. than the snow we've been getting lately as uh, we Chicago has been... Uh, plaster with snow not as bad as some other parts of the country but still it's like every day we wake up and there's more snow so i'll take the rain um as opposed to the snow at this point because i'm tired of it already and i'm a big winter That's guy right. I, I love winter i got the beard going to make sure i keep warm but it's not enough this time around so because it's That's just right. been crazy so i'll take the rain all right and then right. uh so as you guys can see from the title we are doing uh, a, a special tribute to dominican baseball players it was uh dominican republic's independence day uh this past weekend and melvin had a great idea to kind of hop on board and discuss the impact that dominican baseball players have had on the game and i guess uh melvin i as i was joking around earlier uh before we got started you know i'm mexican you're puerto rican so <laughs> I guess from uh, from an outsider's stand, uh, point of view, what ha what do you think the, the impact of the Dominican baseball players have had on the game of baseball? Well, um, the, the academies in the Dominican Republic uh, count for a lot of the revenue that MLB is, is willing to put in the, into it. Yeah. Uh, there's been players, uh, Juan Soto came out of one of those academies. So and just like him, there's, there's a lot of talent there. You know, there's a, there's a saying in the island that, you know, to get out of there, you got to hit your way out of there, you know, you and don't walk out of the island. That's right. You don't walk out of there. You, you hit your way out of there. Yeah. Um, so it's part of their culture. And I'm really, you know, I'm blessed to, uh, to, to, to have seen a lot of Dominican players that we're going to talk about uh, influence MLB. And there's a lot of them coming. Uh, there's a lot of the, the hall of fame here in the next, in the next few years, it's going to see a little more, uh, a lot of, a little more Dominicans than, than they have. So uh, an impact like none other, for sure. Yeah. And uh, it, it, the baseball has been a game of, uh, of just impacts from all over the world. You got J Japan and South Korea, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Venezuela. Uh, and, and still somehow the Dominican Republic, a tiny little island that it, it's not even a full island. They have to share that entire island with another country in Haiti. And somehow they are able to produce such legendary and great baseball players, not just for today, but uh, as of, uh, of yesteryear as well. So let's get going. Melvin and I decided to do a little bit of a, what do you call it? Um, uh, uh, compiling a roster just full of Dominican Republican uh, players. Right. So uh, as he, was insistent upon it yesterday uh, when we were talking via chat. Alex Rodriguez does not count as a Dominican, damn it. So don't don't put him in there. Yeah, I left it up to everybody. I left it up to you, my friend. He made a choice. Whom did he play for? He played for Team USA, right? In the uh, 2006 uh, WBC. So he made the choice. He played for Team USA. So he was going to play in 09, but all of a sudden, I think he got like a hip injury, I believe. And he didn't play. And then by 2013, nobody wanted any part of him. Doesn't matter which country it was. Nobody wanted any part of him by then. So, I mean. Uh, speaking of the WBC, first of all, I hope it comes back soon because I really, really miss it. Um, but uh, here's what the, the results have been for the Dominican Republic. They got a fourth place finish in 2006 for the inaugural World Baseball Classic. Uh, they didn't place in the top four in 2009. They came back with a vengeance in 2013 as champions. 
and then in 2017 they did not place in the top four so it, it's always been so i'm not crazy right i i always thought that you know for for a, a roster that's so full of talent they they kind of always fall short uh well not always but i guess so man i mean like uh the expectations are always so high is what i'm trying to say for the dominicans yeah, they, they got if you if you're a dominican superstar um, there's been talks that sometimes high-ranking politicians and government officers, they call them and say, hey, are you playing in the World Baseball Classic? It's like, if it's that serious for them. And also to add to your point, uh, Felipe, um, on the Caribbean in, on the Caribbean series, they have the most wins. Uh, Tigres del Licey and Aguilas Ibaeñas, they got 16. Of, uh, they got combined together. They are the number one and two teams uh in the dominican and in, in, in the in the caribbean world series and as a country the dominican republic has 21 caribbean world series uh titles so it is it's who it's their culture it's who they but, are that's but what my they question was since we're talking about the world baseball classic why do you think they always fall short in the world baseball classic because it's not like they're missing anybody you look at those rosters and they are it's a who's who of major league baseball right yeah so why do you think they always fall short in the wbc you know what it just it just sometimes it comes down to bullpen management mm. you know those games and i mean that's a, that the, the wbc is as good as it's gonna get i mean you're never gonna get major league teams to agree to let you know let let a reliever uh go back to back days this is just <laughs> never gonna happen in the wbc the wbc is about as good as it's gonna get now if i could throw a guy three uh, two days in a row back there to to get me eight outs in two days then, you know, it probably would be a little more representative of reality. Right. But that's what happens. And, and it's not only the Dominican Republic that has those restrictions, but these Dominican arms, man, if you don't score on them by the fourth inning, you're not going to score on them. But a, a big part is that bullpen management restriction in, uh, in the WBC. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. So you, you, you can't uh, rely on your horses to get to the promised land where a team like the U.S., I guess they have a little bit more depth, especially the last time they played uh, this uh, this tournament. So I, I'm hoping it comes back soon. So, but uh, without further ado, let's get to those lineups. Those uh, as uh, I, I'm, I gotta ask, were you inspired by our by our uh, month long series with Sean and I over at the Total oh, yes. Basis Podcast? Definitely. Definitely. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> I don't miss it, you guys. You guys are on point on that. So thank you, thank you. All right, well, let's get going. So let's start a catcher. You want to start a catcher then? Yes, sir. All right, uh, to well, me, and, and, yeah, and we, we, have to, we have to get creative on this one. I, I, I want to see which way you got creative. Because to me, the all-time greatest catcher in uh, Dominican baseball has been Mr. Tony Pena, to me. Um, yes, he was, he was very light hitter, but he was a five-time All-Star. And, you know, he, he, was, he was the man behind the plate on a lot of really good teams. So, and you ask anybody from the Dominican Republic, it's, it's the, their catcher is Tony Pena. So... And, and I don't have a second catcher, and I'll tell you the reason after I hear your uh, your catcher, Felipe. Uh, yeah, uh, I also found it very difficult to um, find our catcher, let alone a backup catcher. But Tony Pena seemed to be the best choice here, really the only choice. So, like I, I was telling you before uh, we started, that I had to get super creative with uh, the catchers. But let's let's focus on Tony Pena first because I don't. I think he doesn't get enough credit for his uh, his accomplishments. You mentioned oh, five all stars. He finished MVP uh, in twelfth one time in nineteen eighty three uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, he placed sixth in Rookie of the Year in nineteen eighty one. He placed twenty first 
1990 for MVP. Uh, well, well, after mm-hmm. supposedly he's uh, yeah. past his prime at this point, 1990, yeah. but was 33 years Four old with the Red Sox. Four gold gloves as well. That's right. And, and uh, 84. And gold gloves, gold gloves as catcher. You got to earn those. You're not going to get away with uh, just being offensive gold glove, kind of like those Bernie Williams gold gloves kind of thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so those gold gloves at catcher, those are real. <laughs> yeah, uh, in 1983, 84, 85, and 91, just to uh, kind of – uh, put an exclamation point on his career. And his final last season as a regular was in 93, but he kept playing until 97. Uh, and from, let's see, I'm just trying to think here. Uh, I guess no, I mean, I guess 95, he was with the Cleveland Indians. So that's a playoff appearance for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like, you know, his teams were always pretty well uh, put together. I, I they just oh, yeah, no, of- no team would ever revolve around him. You know, he was, but he was, Man, he was, he was, he was, he, I, I like those players, you know, players that, are, that, that, you know, are, 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 they, that they got your back. You know what I'm saying? That those leaders, and, and yeah. that's what Tony Pena was. He was a leader. He's a, he's a manager these days too. He's a yeah. really, you know, really, really great, uh, well, great manager in the Dominican. And then uh, just to cap off some other things about Tony, uh, he hit, Fifth, uh, 10 home runs and, and got to 10 stolen bases twice in his career. So for catchers, uh, that's a rarity for them to do it once. He did it twice in 84 and 85. So for a guy like who's always playing fantasy baseball like I am, I, w- I definitely would have been attracted to a Tony Pena in the mid-80s because of the stolen bases. Uh, oh, and yeah, and, and, and the mid-80s, uh, in the mid-80s, yeah, these days. Uh, and, and, and it's not like, you know, he had seven years with the Pirates. That was his team that he was the most tenured with. Yeah. And you know he had a batting average of 286. Now a guy that's five foot six and hits 286, that guy knows what he's doing with the bat. So it's not like he was, you know, he was Rafael Belliard or somebody that could not hit. <laughs> you know, this guy had 800 games with the Pirates and he hit 286. Now I know batting average is not representative of reality, but I mean the guy knew what he was doing with the bat, I and mean, he stayed in the major leagues for a long time. So definitely my catcher Tony Pena is the man. Yeah, that's interesting right here. Let me. And, look. And, the, and the reason why I don't have a backup, and, and you know, I, I know the Don City guys are going to laugh at this one. The reason I don't have a backup is because it took me so long to find a backup, uh, a backup catcher. And I was like, okay, let me see who ranks next in war. And guess who the next war guy is? Gary <laughs> Sanchez. And I was like, I refuse to put Gary Sanchez as my backup all Dominican catcher. No, sir. So I went with one catcher rather than having Gary Sanchez nowhere near. A, a great, you know, an all-time great team. So. So, so here's some numbers with the Pittsburgh Pirates for Tony Pena. He had 285 and got an unbased unbased percentage of 327 for a, an ops plus of 104. Uh, that's that's whole that's staying above water for a catcher right there. And you would definitely yeah, that, take that. And that's much more that was expected out of Tony Pena. Yeah. So and you know later in the later in his career he kind of became a nomad. But that's 800 games right there with the Pirates. That's no, that's six strong seasons right there. And, so. and uh, to put it in a nice little bow, he played 1,950 games at catcher. So the guy was uh, – that's pretty durable right there. Um, yeah. Let's see. So that I'm bringing that up, the, the number of games at catcher, because at this point, are you ever going to need a backup catcher? Because this guy will be playing almost every day, it seems like you would think. This right? guy will catch 150 games a year. Yeah. So you don't, I mean, all you need is 
you know, throw throw a throw a catcher's mitt at, at the tallest guy and give it the give the well, pitcher a good target. You know. Well, <laughs> that is exactly what I did for my backup catcher. You don't have a backup no catcher, but that's what I have. And here's my backup catcher. It's a guy by the name of Carlos Santana, not the guitarist, but the actual uh, Carlos Santana. Okay. He used to play catcher for the Cleveland Indians. He got to about 350 games at catcher. Um, in his career before they decided that, you know, let's put him at third base and that, that didn't work. So they put him at first base and he's been an on-base percentage machine for a long time now. But yeah. uh, if, if I need a good hitting, uh, you know, pinch hitter or, a, or a, just a catcher to just do it every once in a while, I think I can survive with Carlos Santana as my backup catcher. So Carlos that's, Santana, that's, that's great. I don't have a backup catcher, so we can we can move on, my brother. Because uh, your small your, your team is your team is screwed, is what it is. You, you, how do you not no, have a backup man, catcher? I got Tony Pena catching 162. Old Sal Perez in 2014. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, look at you! All right, all right. You do listen to the to the total basis podcast, okay? Let's move Sal on to Perez. <laughs> Let's go Let's around move. the horn. Let's move to uh, first base. Or you want to go third base or first base? I know whichever. Let's go to first base. Let's go to first uh, this base. This discussion is going to be pretty easy. All right, and uh, uh, I got base. Albert Pujols. Uh, do you have Albert Pujols? Okay. okay, I got Albert Pujols and a backup, and it's not Poppy because Poppy's uh, uh, somewhere else. Yeah, my Where's backup your... first baseman is Pedro Guerrero. Nice. This guy right here, he was some serious business. He had like seven or eight straight years with the Dodgers, and and this guy was serious business. Business, and in his day, he was not as appreciated, but today. Today, guys like, you know, these guys, you know, he had career OPS of 850, slugging of 480, 370 on base for a career. That's for his career, yep. you know. So so this guy was 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 a really, really good player for a good number of years for some good teams. Now, obviously, and he was a, a MVP of the 81 World Series as well. So this right. guy, this guy is, is something serious, and he goes forgotten before Albert Pujols. This guy was was the all-time first baseman for the Dominican Republic, Pedro Guerrero. This guy was some serious business there. And I saw Pedro Guerrero, um, and as I anglicize it for all our English-speaking friends, Pedro Guerrero. Peter I, War, I, Warrior, Peter Warrior. Peter Warrior, that's right. <laughs> you want to do that for all of them? Anglicize their uh, names? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what, I forgot what Pujols mean, but Pujols does mean something, and I just can't remember what exactly it means. You know, okay. Pujar is like... <clears throat> and <laughs> pujar pedro uh, i'm sorry albert pushover albert pushing yeah. over okay so uh my backup my backup because i did like i said i did see peter warrior pedro guerrero out there but i'm like no that's um no i have no attachment to him so i went and look and i had three names that i was considering for my corner infield spot see i don't have a backup first base i have a corner infield uh spot guy and uh, right. you know what? My guy actually does qualify at both first base and third base. If you remember, uh, my guy, I'm going to mention him in a little bit. His career did start at third base for a long time. Uh, but yeah, there was a, 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 a decent amount of players that I was considering, including Jose Bautista. And uh, another name escapes me, but I'm like, man, this is a tough choice for me. Ultimately, I went with my guy, Double E, Edwin Encarnacion, who, I get, like I said, uh, with yeah. the Reds, I remember him starting his career off as, at third base. He went to Toronto. And just blew up, literally, like he just began crushing the ball on a more consistent basis. Uh, he so far has 424 career home runs in 16 seasons, bro. Uh, it seems like only yesterday that Edwin Encarnacion was like, trying to come up was with it? the Reds. That's the how. Reds, uh, yeah, that seems like that seems like yesterday. And this guy was a serious like uh, the the Reds had some some really good teams for a couple of years there. Yeah, they had some playoff teams, and this guy was right in the middle of all the action there. It's not like this guy was riding the train there. 
so the, and then he's when a he, serious player, 400 plus home runs, I believe. Uh, that's what and, I just said, 424. Yeah, 424. Yeah, that's that, that 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 this guy knows what he's doing. And then he gets to the Blue Jays and he helps turn around that uh, franchise into playoff contenders and was able to make three all-star appearances with them along with Jose Bautista, who is also Dominican. But like I said, uh, I, I, I went with double E because it seemed like he was a better fit for my team. Uh, I'm trying to see who else I was considering for the, uh, for this last spot. If you give me a second, Oh, Hanley Ramirez was also in there that I was Hanley trying Ramirez, to, yeah. yeah, he was another name there. And uh, I think that was it. Yeah. So it was those three guys, uh, Jose Bautista, Hanley Ramirez and uh, Edwin Encarnacion and I went and Pedro Guerrero as well. Aramis Ramirez was also in the mix as well. And I just, and you know, corner outfielders, yeah. so I just had to go with uh, my, uh, my guy, Edwin Encarnacion, who I've been following for a long time. Like I said, it seemed like it was only yesterday that he was coming up and now I feel older than dirt. So uh, yeah. let's go to second base. I am very interested to hear who you have at your second base spot. I got, I got, and I know I'm going to hear grief from you, but I did leave it up to you. I did leave it up oh, to uh, uh, your choice, but I got I. There's nobody else better than Robinson Cano, my friend. Yeah, that's that's who it is. That's that's who it is. I mean, and I'm I'm a hey, if you take the steroids away kind of guy, I'll give you that argument because I use it for Bonds and Clemens. But we're not gonna get into that. But if you if you take the steroids away, still there's nobody better than uh, I did uh, have Robinson Cano at at uh at second base. And I, I, I thought about, you know, all the other, and, and most of the sec, other second basemen from the Dominican Republic have been the Manny Lee, the Tony Fernandez, uh, defensive specialist. And, uh, but man, Robinson Cano had it all back in his prime, man. He, 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 he was to me, had it not been for the steroid accusations, that guy would have a yes on the hall of fame for me. And, and this guy is something serious there. So I also, Robbie Cano. I also have Robinson Cano. Um, and while you while we're looking, what the hell is this? While we're looking this up, I figured that we have fun with some of these names as well. Uh, so, what I found out that Pujols Pujols actually means hills. So it's Albert uh, Albert Hills. Albert Hills. Albert Albert hills. hills. That's that's how far All his right. balls go. They go up into those hills. Um, <laughs> who else was there? Uh, I'm trying to look. Robinson. Oh, I'm trying to look up uh, Robinson Cano, but I'm having Robinson some issues. Robinson Cano, Cano is like uh, somebody who's got a uh, gray hair. So Robinson gray haired. Oh, it's yeah. I did not know so, that. Cano is a person with gray hair. So it's a <laughs> Robinson gray haired person. There you go. So I, I was trying to uh, look at the official uh, translation. And for some reason, it, it has given me the Swedish uh, translation, which, hey, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn Swedish, but I'm not Swedish. So, <laughs> and I can't find the English version. So anyway, I also have Robinson Cano. I mean, there's not much to say. He, uh, he's one of a, uh, yeah, the, the PED will, uh, will uh, get him in trouble the PD use, but at the same time, um, you know, he was a very, very good hitter. Oh, by the way, it means spout. So Robinson spout. spout. I, oh. I wouldn't have never have guessed that. Okay. Never, never in a million years. But then again, I don't speak Swedish. So everything forgets <laughs> everything, not, everything. No, that's what it means. Me. <laughs> Cano, the Cano English translation is spout. spout. I, did, oh, wow. I, I did not know that. Robinson spout. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Santana means follower of St. Anna. So Carlos is a follow, Carlos follower of Saint Anna. Hello, Santana. follower of Santana. Saint Saint Anna. Saint Anna. But, hey, by the way, I had I do have a backup guy here. By the way, with with, with this guy because well, I had to put on, him in on. here. We'll get to it because so, I also have a backup yeah. too. But we'll, we'll you know what we'll have a middle infield, uh, just a middle infield one. But Cano again, a great hitter with the Yankees. Uh, you took advantage of that short porch. 
uh, and was able to uh, hit those line drives. And then once he got to Seattle, he realized that he wasn't going to be able to get away with that. So he adjusted his swing and he became a ground ball hitter, but he still became a very productive one at that with the Mariners. Uh, although you could tell that the uh, bigger ballpark did affect um, uh, his production a little bit, but still was able to uh, help out that team as best he could. And then now uh, he's with the Mets and he's suspended for the whole year. But yeah, he was able to accumulate. And also uh, another known fact about Robinson Cano, uh, Jay-Z's uh, first client. As a, oh, yeah, that's as right. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. All right. And like I said, we'll go to your middle infield in just a bit. I, I have a couple of middle infielders I want to yeah, uh, yeah. get to, but let's go to the starting shortstop. And I got Miguel Tejada uh, at one point. Again, another PED guy. It's going to be a running theme here, isn't it? Like, oh, another PED guy. Another guy right there. Yeah, but right then there, without him, if you saw him play, I mean, he, he's very durable. Well, so, there's a reason for that. You know, <laughs> durability. That's right. Yeah. All yeah. sorts of forms. <laughs> Uh, but uh, <laughs> you said that you can't get off the island walking, but you also can't get off the island with just being meager and. Uh, being very uh, weak, weakling, you know, right. having that uh, muscle definition in you. So I don't blame That's him. That's right. Miguel Tejada, I wrote a story about him uh, a long time ago when he was, uh, and this might be the motivation why he decided that this was the best route for him to stay in baseball, which, you know, it is what it is, you know. But when he first started, the, um, I forgot what team it was on. Was it the A's? But I, I honestly don't remember who the signed A's. him. Was it the A's the whole the A's. time? Yeah, it was the A's the whole time. Well, they gave him a one thousand dollar bonus, which is chump change. Or, uh, it really, for him, it's it's nothing. It probably was gone within the yeah, month. Of course. And he was lonely. He was in a new country, did not learn the language, and he just spent his uh, days uh, alone in his uh, in his studio apartment, watching telenovelas, uh, eating ramen noodles, and just living a living a very meager life. So when he blew up. Uh, you know, physically and, and productively and, and for the Oakland athletics as he became an MVP candidate. Uh, and his bank account. Yeah. His, and his bank account. Well, that, that was the result <laughs> he got a bigger bank account and didn't have to worry about that living a, a, a poor man's life in, in baseball, which is unfortunately that's the norm. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. That's the norm. But I, I, I don't blame him for going the route that he did because if, if I were to live that way and you tell me that if I just do this to myself, I can get bigger and I can get paid for it. Screw it. I, I'm not eating ramen for the rest of my life if I don't have to, right? So well, it is. And, and that's that's the same argument of if there's a pill that's not illegal and you can take it so you can be better at your job and get paid more. I mean, that's the same argument. And you know what? That argument's hard to, I mean, it's hard to argue with, with that logic, to be quite honest with you. I mean, college, so, student, I mean, I mean, college students do it. I mean, you, you hear about college students getting on pep pills and uh, ADHD I mean, pills. Chris Davis. I mean, I, yeah, and, 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 and you know what? At, at, the, at the same time, they're, they're adults. They know what they're doing. You know, you got to, at, at some point, you got to draw the line as well. So, yeah, I agree with you, Miguel. Uh, I was going to say Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Tejada, um, I agree. He's, you know, he's, he's, he, he was a great player. I would have him as a starter as well. That's, that's, that's very, very, uh, you, you can't argue with that guy. Former MVP, multiple all-stars. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2002 was the MVP year. He led the league in RBI with 150 in 2004 uh, once he signed with the Orioles. At so, Orioles, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to argue against uh, uh, Tejada's production. I mean, yeah, it's questionable how he got there, but my, like I said, I don't blame him. You know, he started from rags and now he became, he became rich out of it, so whatever. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Like I told you, there's going to be middle infield positions. Mm -hmm. I have two of them. How many do you have? Two more. You got two so, more. All right, let's start with you. Who's your first middle infielder on your bench? And in, in, in second base already, because you know what? If we made this list in 2007, Albert Pujols was going to be the first base. 
Yeah. So he hasn't been around long enough. Doesn't count. You can tell, you know, Jose Ramirez already oh, in that nice. middle infield. And he's got over about 140, 150 of his games have been in second base. He's got 500 in third base and 140 in second base. So Jose Ramirez already uh, on, on second base. That's, that's my first one. That's pretty cool. That's, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, let's see. I have Julio Franco as my I, – I typed in utility guy because apparently he did play multiple positions around the infield. I remember, I remember him as a second baseman. So uh, yeah. I, I had him in mind as being my right-handed uh, uh, counterpart to Robinson Cano on my bench. But he, knowing that he could play all positions, uh, and from what I remember, he could play very well and also carried a mean stick – and also a suspected PED user. Like I said, my favorite picture that I've ever seen of Julio Franco was his baseball reference page when he was with the White Sox. And all you see is, is like this bulbous head. And, and, you, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, yeah, come on, man. You, well, you were using it. You go, you go from athletic shortstop to backup first base at 50. Uh, I don't know who makes that. I don't know how that, how that transition happened. Like you are athletic from athletic 27-year-old shortstop you went from athletic 27-year-old shortstop to 50-year-old uh, backup first base, uh, base and swing the stick with Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, that's a little – that transition is a little unusual, to say the least. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember Julio Franco as a second base and a shortstop as well. If I remember correctly, that last All-Star game at Wrigley, he uh, he did very well that day. I, did, I do believe he hit a home run in that All-Star game in, in 90. Uh, Julio Franco at, uh, at the All-Star game. So uh, – yeah, he, he started in 82. He went 25 professional years of baseball. Uh, OPS is 782. So, yeah, that's middle infield acceptable, I would say, right? Oh, it's more than so, acceptable. Yeah, you take yeah. that every year. Uh, rookie yeah. of the year in 1983, uh, 25th in MVP in 1988. I mean, this guy, I mean, people forget how awesome this guy was. Yeah, um, because a lot of people remember him from, you know, his latter days when he was, you know, bouncing around. Uh, I think up until like the mid nineties and then he went to Japan a couple of years as well. Yeah. Uh, to rediscover things or whatever they called it, what they, what, when, <laughs> no, back in the day, they didn't send you to triple A. They sent you to Japan to rediscover your, rediscover your swing. Apparently, that's right, you know, yeah. so that's what happened to him. And, and he came back and he, he put in like 10 more years after he came back from Japan. So. Uh, so, definitely, I can see Julio Franco was an excellent player, to say the least. So from 83 to 1991, um, 84 home runs, 219 stolen bases, 302 batting average, 360 on base, 771 ops, 112 ops plus. I mean, yeah, this guy, I, I remember I had a, a, a Julio Franco baseball card and I saw his stats and from 91 and like how this guy's so awesome. He had 341 that year and just mm -hmm. crushing and killing the ball. Uh, with the Texas Rangers, but uh, that should have been the first indicator. He played with the Rangers in the nineties. So oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that should have been <laughs> it right there. Um, yeah. Let's see. So that's my uh, utility spot. Do you have another utility player uh, or another middle infielder you want to talk I about? Do. On the bench? I do. And it's, it's already, it's already um, this guy right here that I'm about to mention is the guy that just became the newest, ele most eligible bachelor in San Diego because he just signed that big contract. Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm That's already putting him over there. And when this is all said and done, he's going to be the greatest shortstop in Dominican Republic history. Uh, this, this guy is something serious. I'm banking on, on, on him to put him already there. I know the sample size is small, but you know what? This is when I don't want to hear it. 
I don't want to hear about the sample size is small. This is when, if you got these two right here, you can see this kid and you see what happens when a marginal okay player like Fernando Tati Sr. has a player that's a little bit better than him. Those guys turn into monsters like Ken Griffey Jr., like Cody Bellinger, like uh, Mahomes, and, and that makes sense, obviously. And, and now Fernando Tatis Jr., my man, this guy, get his rookie card, 2019 tops, get it, and try to try to get him while you can, because here's uh, uh, this guy right here. I can't say enough about him. Um, I saw him, and, and he said he's going to keep playing in the winter league. I don't know if that's in the contract or not. I really hope he does because that's going to bring some revenue into the league. I mean, his dad is involved with with uh, the uh, Estrellas Orientales, his team in yeah. the Dominican Republic. His dad is up in the in the sea level suite of that team, Fernando Tatis Senior. So oh. I'm pretty sure they can come up to an agreement to where at least Junior can make a couple of appearances to sell tickets and you know swing the bat a couple of times, maybe some DH. You know yeah. uh, that they could probably come. But this guy is gonna be the franchise. I'm telling you, this this dude, watch out. That's what I'm saying. So I'm already putting him as my uh, best of all time Dominican shortstop. And before I move on to my middle, my other middle infielder, and you're going to love my middle infielder. All right. But let's go back and make uh, make fun of some of these names here. So Julio Franco would be uh, Julio French. Franco means uh, July, July Frankie. July Frankie. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, July, July Frenchie. Yeah. July, French. July Frankie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> France, French culture or the French. Uh, so, yeah. July Frenchie. That would be his name. Edwin Encarnacion would just simply be Edwin Incarnation. Incarnation, yeah. You're gonna love Miguel Tejada. Miguel Tejada means Tejada means roof. So Miguel Roof. <laughs> Miguel Roof. Mickey Roof. Mickey, Mickey Roof. Mickey Roof. Mickey Roofy. Mickey Roofy. Mickey Roofy. Mickey Roofy. Okay, Fernando Tatis. Tatis. Apparently, I looked up the word Tatis, and it's another way of saying taxi. So so Ferdinand Tatsi. Yeah, Ferdinand, Ferdinand Taxi, yeah, that's right. Ferdinand Taxi, okay. <laughs> yeah, and lastly, the last guy, we talk, uh, my guy, my middle infielder, uh, for also a former Padre, a former Padre All Star, to say the least. Yeah, in 1992, he made the All Star team. Uh, played multiple positions, but you'll remember him as a shortstop. Uh, also, a great bad, slick fielding uh, shortstop and uh, middle infielder, Tony Fernandez. Uh, Tony Fernandez, yes. Yeah, Tony. I, I mentioned him. He struck me more as a second baseman, but I think that was later in his career. But I remember he started at shortstop, yes. No, that's, I, that's absolutely true. When I started watching baseball, he was at shortstop only. And let, let's take a look. How many appearances did he make at both spots? He made 201 appearances uh, at second base, but that was later in his career, like you mentioned. 109 later games in his career. with the Cleveland Indians in 1997. But for the majority of the time... remember that pretty well. Yeah, they remember also, him pretty well. Also some third base, so a little bit of Jose Ramirez uh, reincarnation going, Incarnation. Incarnation, yeah. Incarnation. Yeah. Incarnacion. Uh, yeah. And then lastly, 1,500-plus games at shortstop, uh, mostly from 85 to 92. So let's take a look at some of those numbers from 85 to 92. 92 was an all-star year, as I mentioned. I remember that. Defensive. I, he was a defensive guy. I mean, that the, the tide hadn't shifted. You know, it was only Cal Ripken because he was the only one that was swinging the bat at shortstop, but That, I think that he was in the last generation of defensive minded only uh, shortstops. And then obviously when A-Rod and Jeter and Nomar came out, you know, uh, the, the defensive, the, the makeup of the shortstop changed. 
So I remember Tony Fernandez may have been that last crop of of short of defensive shortstop. Well, he was no slouch though. I mean, from '85 to '93, I remember he. I, I had his rookie or not his rookie card. Sorry, his uh, some of his baseball cards when I was a kid. And like this guy can hit too. And he used to kill my Cubs all the time as well when I was uh, watching them play the Padres. So here are the numbers from '85 to 1993: 50 home runs, 197 stolen bases. Hit 286 with on base percentage of 340. He didn't slug the ball, but he was at, at a respectable ops plus of 101. So, and, and he also got some MVP consideration in 1988. One, two, three, four consecutive gold gloves from 86 to 89. I mean, yeah, man, this guy. Uh, in that world, if, if we still value players today, yeah. If we still value players today, like, they, like, like, like that shortstop and Tony Fernandez was valued. This guy would be the guy to get a three, four year deal. I mean, he wouldn't. You know, this guy would get a three, four, maybe five year deal. He's he was a he was a serious player, and you know he played with the Blue Jays in the eighties. The Blue Jays made a couple of uh, playoff appearances, if I remember correctly, uh, during that time. So no, man, he, he wasn't just a, a, a light hitting uh, shortstop, but he was a big contributor. So let's find out what does Fernandez mean. Fernandez means uh, son, son of, of Fernando. Ferdinand. Some yeah, yeah but if you take it a step further here, my friend, if you want to go with the German uh, derivation of it, it means brave traveler. So this guy is Antonio Brave Antonio? Traveler. Anthony Brave Traveler. Okay, Anthony brave <laughs> Tony <Traveler>. Fernandez. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's what's uh, and that's, that's what's up. Shall we? Uh, third shall we base, go to uh, third base? Yeah, and okay, I think I this is an obvious one. Oh yeah, two. Uh, how many do I have? I got two guys here. I have one. I got two guys here. All right. Who's your guys? Uh, my guy, uh, third base, uh, obvious choice was uh, Adrian Beltre. Uh-huh. Okay, that's that's my guy. And, ladies and gentlemen, my second choice, all right, from our Cubs, Aramis Ramirez, my man. Ah, was, so you fit him into was, your team. Okay. I, 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 I had to find a way. I had to find a, <laughs> I had to find a way to put Ramirez in there. Uh, okay. And people, people forget how good Ramirez was because, you know. It's uh, like we because, talked about him earlier yeah. uh, sometime in January or something, right? About yeah, and, and, yeah. but I, I found a way to put him in there because uh he's to me the second the second best Dominican uh third baseman uh behind uh Beltray. So that that's my my third base right there. Uh who's your I also have Adrian Beltre as well. Um who is your second uh, third base? Oh no, that was it. Ramirez Ramirez. Ramirez Ramirez, yep. Okay. Beltre and Ramirez, yep. Okay. So Adrian Beltre, I mean, he's his next stop Hall of Fame, 477 career home runs, 1,700 RBI, uh, ops plus of 116, which is uh, lower than I anticipated. But, I mean, this guy was putting up 140s, uh, 163 in 2004 with the Dodgers, which yeah. is crazy to think about because L.A. has always been um, a pitcher-friendly ballpark from what I remember, uh, especially out on the West Coast. So. No, he held his own, and most importantly, he had a very, very productive glove out there, like a real. Oh, he was very. He got the gold gloves. Now that they're giving them the right way, he got a lot of these the, the right way. So yeah, and uh, yeah. also he's infamously known for being uh, good friends with Elvis Andrews and having that. He doesn't like his head touch. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> Don't touch well, his head. <laughs> and again, another uh, suspected PED use. That's okay. Well, you know, hey, that's that's that we 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 we. I told you, man. Running thing, bro. Time, I'm bad. I mean, you, you can, you can, you can put it. You can put. I mean, just wait till we do Puerto Rico and then the other countries. You, they're, they're all there. So they're, they're, this thing doesn't. This thing did not discriminate, my brother. You put a Dominican team together, that's gonna come into play. You put an American team, or, or a oh, the American Venezuelan team, team. Geez. yeah, yeah, the Hank Venezuelan Garrett, team, Willie the Mays. Puerto Rican team, yeah. 
you got a couple of them that are like, oh, wait a minute, what? <laughs> okay, uh, well, my, so. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that um, uh, cheating does help. Cheating is a baseball thing, uh, whether using trash cans or, or, or vaccines or, or injections. It all it, it works. We, we, we glorify the cheaters in this game. Let's go to left field. Another one. Manny Ramirez. Uh, I got him at left field. I got Manny. I got Manny at left. <laughs> Manny being Manny, bro. I mean, Manny I mean, being Manny. Yeah. You know, I got I got Manny at left. Yeah, I got my. I have to get creative. Uh, the um, uh, how we do? Uh, yeah, let's do. I'm gonna do my starting outfield, then well, I'll give you the backup. Well, before you go, now, let's put the spotlight on them a little bit. Manny Ramirez, one of the more colorful personalities in all of Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball history. But one thing that he could do very well and very consistently was just hit the crap out of the ball, and he yeah. did it with Cleveland. He went on to Boston and helped them win championships when they, that city has never experienced a championship before. Um, and just one of the most feared right-handed hitters of his era. Would you agree, or would you like to add on oh, to anything else? Oh, definitely. I mean, anything else, it's it's just, you know, backing up what you said, you know, Manny, you know, I, I believe in, in 99, I remember his season, if you have it handy, in 99, that season, I think he pushed in like 165 for the first time, uh, for the first time in like, since Hank Greenberg, he put up 165. Um, now, obviously, now here comes the argument again, but I mean, in, in, in 97, 90, 98 and 99, you put those two seasons together, my man. He was, he, he was unbelievable those two seasons, you know, can, 98 and 99. And can you imagine if Cleveland wins at least one World Series during this, in the 90s? Oh, yeah. He would have not just helped uh, break one championship job. He would have done it twice in twice, his career. Yeah. If he would have uh, yeah. been a part of it. So, and, and we're going to – and this, man, this, this 97 World Series – has a lot of characters from the Dominican Republic. Have you noticed? Because uh, we, we talked about Ma- uh, Tony Fernandez. Yeah. We talk about Manny Ramirez. Now we're about to talk another one when we go to the bullpen in a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, I, I just noticed that, uh, that this World <laughs> Series in 97 had a lot of cast of characters from the Dominican. I believe, you. Did, we, did we say that Tony Pena was in those teams too? Or do, I don't remember. Uh, no, now. Tony Pena was uh, Tony Pena was in the 95 Indians, not the Marlins. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Tony Pena was in the 95. I remember... Uh, when when David Justice hits that ball, you see him just slam the bam the the, the mask on the floor. That's that's Tony Pena right there. So, By the way, Ramirez means son of Ramiro. So uh, son of Ramiro. Manuel of uh, he's the son of Ramiro. So they're, they're not all winners. Here. Yeah, not all winners. Okay, <laughs> Ramirez. Now let's get to center field. Uh, do you have a center fielder to share here? Well, I had to get creative because okay. in the Dominican Republic, there haven't been that many center fielders. So I had to dig into the Negro Leagues. Okay? Oh, wow. I had to dig into the Negro Leagues. They're major leaguers. On the last and day of uh, of Black History Month, no less. Yes. Good job. So, yeah, I, I had to dig into the Negro Leagues. And there was this guy by the name of Juan Tetelo Vargas. And he was a great player for the uh, Cuban, uh, Cuban Stars and the New York Cubans, okay? Um, a 70, 786 OPS with a 326 batting average, uh, 424 slugging and 361 OP uh, on base. So three uh, slash line of 321, 361, 424 OPS of 786 in 10 seasons in the uh, Negro Leagues. So that right there to me was and and because I wanted to honor you know uh, the Negro Leagues as well because. Uh, there weren't many Dominicans that made it to the Negro Leagues, but this guy was one, and he was a really good ball player. Um, it was before the days he played from uh, his, his his overall career. His first year, 
his first year in the Negro Leagues was in the old Negro Leagues in 1927. Uh, and then he played, his last game was in 1944. So he had an overall career in the Caribbean and the Negro Leagues of, of almost 20 years. Oh, wow. But an official, in the official Negro League stats, this guy's slash line was 326, 361, 424, OPS of uh, 786. So our guy, Corey, who does the work shoot podcast every Thursday nights, the wrestling podcast over at Wrestling Life, he, he has a qualm with us about putting Manny Ramirez in left field. Uh, uh, and when he he's putting George Bell. George uh, Bell? Who, was you know. He, was I, he at right field? I, no, I, no. I, George Bell was, was left field. Left field. Uh, I, left field. you know, as a White Sox fan, I mostly remember him as a designated hitter, but I guess uh, that, the, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember him as a designated hitter. Well, back in the day when I hated the MVP. White Sox. He, he won MVP one year. Did he? George Bell? Yes. George Bell was an MVP, wasn't he? Uh, oh, snap. Yes, 1987. Yeah, 87, wow. yeah. George, George Bell was an MVP. But, but again, I mean, I, I get it. You know, George Bell would have been a great, would have been a great, but I mean, look at his best seven years and look at uh, Manny's seven years. Oh, seven I mean, I, I get it from a, from a, from a moral standpoint, if you want to skip Manny, you got Bell right there that can fill in. But if we're oh, looking oh. at the best player, also think, Tony Fernandez, Tony Fernandez's teammate with the Blue Jays back in the in the eighties. So it, it always yeah, comes see? back. It, they they it always, always have some connection. It always uh, comes back. And he had also a two fourth place finishes, I believe. Uh, first first uh, first five. I think mean, George five. Bell had one one. One MVP and two top five finishes. Yep, 86 so. and 89. Uh, now, here's the question that uh, uh, Corey has for us. Why, why why, no love for George Bell? I guess is what he's insinuating. Uh, how many games did Manny Ramirez actually play in left field? All right, well, let's go to the books. So George Bell was at 1,100 games. Manny Ramirez, who's mostly remembered as a, as a poor fielding left fielder and mostly as a designated hitter, which is not true. He played 1,000 games, over 1,000 games at left field, plus 900 games at right field. So Corner outfielder, right? He qualifies. He's there. I, I would say, but Manny, Manny started in, in right field, and he had an arm on him. A lot of people remember don't remember this. Manny had a cannon back in the day. The problem is, just like Sammy Sosa, he could not put it in the fielder's mitt. It went either over his head, or he could never, he could never, uh, he could never tame it. But he had a cannon for an arm in right field, and they gave him a lot of chances in in, in right field. But I guess when he moved to the to the Red Sox, yeah, that 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 right field wall is a little tricky there. If you're not a decent fielder, like Manny was not a decent fielder, but if you're not a, a good fielder, that that I can see why they moved him to left field. And and uh, but again, I know to 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 our friend's point right here, yeah, George Bell would have been a legitimate legitimate uh, choice. But if if I take I mean, Manny's hitting was just too good. I mean, it was it was and it was you know head and shoulders good. Yeah, you know, head and shoulders above good. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to center field. I have a guy named uh, 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 the very strong, strong man, Czar. That's what his name translates. It's Cesar Cedeno, strong man, Czar, you know. <laughs> so this is a, a lesser known guy, but I mean, he fits the bill. He he qualifies at center field. And I mean, that's I mean, even baseball reference has him listed as a center fielder first and then a first baseman. Uh, played with the Astros in the 70s and the Reds in the 80s and finished his career in in 1986 with the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers. The Dodgers. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, 500 for Dodger baseball. Yeah, from beautiful impression for the day. From beautiful <laughs> Chavez Ravine. All right. 550 stolen bases <laughs> for Cesar Cedeno. 
285 batting average, 347 on base percentage, 443 slugging with a, with a respectable 790 ops and a 123 ops plus. I mean, the guy is a forgotten player. Uh, finished fourth in rookie of the year in 1970. Uh, finished top 25 of MVP votes uh, for four years. I make that five years. Even in 1980, he got 13th. An MVP, and uh, from what I remember, people telling me he was a pretty smooth uh, center fielding uh, fielder. Say that ten times fast. One, two, three, four, five. Before they brought that, that's before the day they brought out the tool bag. You know, they, they used to say instead of five tool player, they used to say the pretty durable. What was it again? I don't know. What are you trying to say there? Uh, well, before I mean, they used to qualify a, a player as you know five tool player, they used to say what you said: pretty durable. Short-handed oh, uh, short fielder, center fielding fielder that fields all the fielding balls. Uh, one, two, three, four, five consecutive gold gloves uh, for the Astros. Bat, and that's the Astrodome, uh, which is supposed to be a, a, a pitcher-friendly ballpark. So that I, I have to assume that's like a very large outfield back there back in the day, from what I remember. Uh, depending on if the air conditioning was on or off, I, I forget <laughs> how that story goes. But yeah, so there's thing before, before the cameras. Before the cameras. Damn it. Cheating works, man. Just leave it. Uh, so, yeah, man, that's my center fielder. I'm pretty sure Cesar can feel all the balls that are hit in the air. And uh, you know what? He's the modern day Luis Robert because he has many Ramirez in left field. So he he's not only doing center field, but he's also fielding in left yeah. field as well. So He's like uh, a softball player. They, 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 they move him from center to center left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But and I, and I think are we moving on to right field because I think right field is pretty obvious. Like, yeah, yeah right field. Uh, you want to go? Uh, I want to say it at one, two, three. Okay, wait. One, two, three. Vladimir Guerrero. Vladimir Guerrero. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like Vladimir. I didn't know if you want to say Vlad or Brad. You know, it's kind of like if you go in for a for a for a fist pump and I give you for a handshake. You know, if you're gonna say <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero and I'm gonna be Vlad Guerrero Senior, and then you go, oh my gosh, same guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vladimir Guerrero, man. He's, he's my right fielder. He's guy is unbelievable player, you know. And we I, I saw him play and unbelievable play right here. Uh Vladimir uh is a Slavic name uh which means of great power. Uh so great powerful warrior. Warrior. Great and, powerful warrior. And of All right. course and we remember to, to... I was Go just ahead. gonna I was going to tell a quick story. Remember, you know, Vladimir also, Vlad the Impaler, the dictator from uh, oh, Transylvania. Uh, oh, we remember that, remember that all-star yeah. game where he uh, his bat broke, Vladimir Guerrero's bat broke, and the, the shard went straight to um, Tommy Lasorda, was the third yeah. base coach. So yeah. that day, he actually literally became Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> well, I think the Impaler would have been like, if it would have gone through Tommy. It could have been. been a, it could have been a tragedy right I there. Mean, it, it was an easy target, man. Tommy Lasorda is an easy target there at the third base coach. Yeah. Go ahead. Babacqua. Babacqua. Since, since we're doing impressions. I'm like, Tommy Lasorda, that's a babacqua. You know? like, For some <laughs> reason, I don't know if you remember, but when he would do Chicago Sports Radio, comment, uh, be a mm-hmm. guest on Chicago Sports Radio, Tommy yeah. Lasorda used to, uh, he used to, what do you call it? Uh, promote Connie's Pizza. Go to Connie's Pizza. Connie's Pizza, yeah. I still have not seen any Connie's Pizza around never, this town. Never. I, That's I, <laughs> I've seen the frozen pizza of Connie's Pizza, yeah. but I don't know any Connie. Do you, so you don't know any Connie's Pizza around town? Either? Never, never, never. Oh. I'm, a, I'm, a, yeah, I'm, yeah, no, never, not at all. All right. Um, but it's funny because uh, Tommy Lasorda used to be a good pitchman. I remember his Budweiser commercials in, in yeah. Puerto Rico. He spoke oh, pretty like decent Spanish too. Like, tu invitas. <laughs> Funny guy, uh, but the, you, you posted uh, that. To, to finish up, 
to finish up my my thought about about the Dominican outfield, um, we got we got I got a, I got a backup outfield as well that gives me that gives me all my infielders right there. Um, we got uh, Moises Alou. He's a good. He's one of my backup outfielders, and I got to appease your friend. I got I got George Bell to to so but George Bell did make it to my to my to my backup. Um, I thought I was like maybe I should put Juan Soto here because Soto is as a generational player, and it's gonna sound a little hypocritical for me because I went ahead and put Tatis as my shortstop. Yeah, but uh, Soto is a generational player too. You can put him over here, um, but for some reason. For some reason, I got this feeling that he's not going to stay in the outfield. I got this feeling. I don't know. I, I, I can feel it in my bones that he's going to move from there. So, I, and, and that's a conversation for another day. So that's what kind of balked at the idea of putting Soto here. Um, but he, he, to, to, to me, from my untrained eyes, something doesn't seem right about him in left field for some reason. So, um, and that's why I, that, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. So my backup outfield. Uh, is um, I got two outfielders. I got Moises Alou, yeah. who back in the day could play a little bit of center field, and uh, a little bit, not too much. A little bit, yeah. Remember, I remember him. I, I remember him playing left fe- uh, center field in the winter league a lot more than I did in the in the uh, in the major leagues. Okay. And then, of course, to appease your friend as well, jo- uh, George Bell, that definitely made the the all time Dominican team. And I think we run out of spots in the in the in the in the in the in the field now we're gonna have to go to pictures at some point <laughs> well i have one more guy but let's yeah, let's i mean you you talked about it let's talk about some of these outfielders from the dominican republic that did not make the list uh marcel oh, zuna um alfonso soriano alfonso soriano i mean i, Jose I don't batista have... didn't make mine yeah he, I, I was uh, i was close to making putting him on my list but i, I couldn't do uh, it yeah uh, Jose batista, Ma- i was going to but then i was like no i think jose ramirez is gonna has a higher ceiling than to, yeah. to be anything much more because Batista was never top three in MVP. Right. And right. Ramirez is already there at a much younger age. Then uh, Batista was even was was still a 750 OPS guy in in Pittsburgh at at yeah. at Ramirez's age. So yeah. so, something um, clicked for him in Toronto pretty much. That that's for sure. Uh Maddie the Alou brothers, Maddie Alou. Yeah. And uh Felipe Alou. What? Um, oh you're Felipe Alou, sorry. I thought you were talking to me. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Felipe Alou. No, seriously. Alou. Uh, Felipe is such a rare name in, in pop culture and, and mm-hmm. American media that anytime yeah. I hear Felipe Alou, I, I honestly do think they're talking about me. But, uh, <laughs> it's the only one I know. I mean, everybody has a John. Everybody has a Jimmy. Everybody has a yeah. Robert. I don't have anybody except for Felipe Alou. That's why he's one of my favorite players. Yeah, uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, baseball people of all time, just because we <laughs> share our first name. Uh, Raul Mondesi missed the cut. Raul Mondesi. Yeah. yeah. Carlos Gomez missed the cut. You mentioned the Jose. Alou brothers. Well, Jose Reyes. Uh, Jose Reyes, but I was just talking about outfield. I'm just making a point oh, that outfield right. is loaded. Outfield, yeah. Loaded. Oh. I mean, uh, 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 Nelson they Cruz. They got more coming. They got Nelson, more coming. N- like Nelson, Nelson Cruz, Cruz missed the yeah, cut Nelson as well. Cruz. Uh, that, that and you count. know what? If you wanted to go with two DHs, you could have put him there. But I was yeah. like, if I get two DHs, then I got to I gotta remove a corner, a corner infield. So I, yeah. I got only one DH. But Nelson Cruz, but... I cannot see Nelson Cruz as an outfield because if Nelson Cruz were an outfielder, the Rangers would have a World, a World Series ring. So, oh boy, I mean, shade, just the shade. Yeah, so. Well, I got a, I got an old Texas Ranger outfield for you that he actually is on my bench. He's my only uh, corner outfielder on my bench. So, um, it's uh, Sammy Sosa, former Texas. Sammy Ranger Sosa, farmer. yeah. 
yeah. yeah, there's a lot of controversy when you say the name Sammy Sosa. I mean, right now he's a Pepto man because he looks like Pepto, a bottle of Pepto Bismol. <laughs> But I mean, 600 home runs. It, uh, we're gonna pretend those are legit, right? I guess. Uh, I mean, moving on. You're hesitating. Uh, yeah, he missed the cut. That's that's why. Yeah, he missed the cut. No, but no, I'm just saying he's he's on my team, bro. I mean, he's on your team. My bad. He's on my he team. missed my cut. He's on your team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's my okay. uh my my backup corner outfielder, or and you know he played some center field, not very well. Uh, but I, I the reason in, in the game that McGuire tied the record or tied the record. Sammy was playing center field, if I remember correctly. So it was that late in his career. So he has a lot of games at center field as well. That's yeah. I I I like I said, I remember, and uh, it's not the prettiest thing to watch Sammy Sosa. But the reason I I put uh, Vladimir Guerrero and the starting spot over Sosa was because Guerrero's arm is a, a million times more accurate. Sosa had a strong arm, but it was always sailing uh i didn't realize that we were an hour in it's time's flying by as we're having too much fun i have another podcast to get to at once so let's try to wrap this up uh dh is david ortiz i mean what's there to say about david ortiz yeah not 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 not, nothing to say about that all right let's go to pitchers now i have pedro martinez as my starting pitcher number one is that how you have that's that's how i have it that's my number one is pedro and then uh juan marichal at number two marichal at number two yeah those two and they're not interchangeable i'm sorry martinez one marichal two that's it that, yeah. it's, it's, it's that simple uh, hey, any, for Giants fans, yeah. any quick tidbit about Juan Marichal for those youngsters out there Juan Marichal well uh, well let's see Juan Marichal take a um, he did make uh, he is the 243 wins 289 uh, ERA but check out the um, the leader for the for in the Dominican Republic for complete games is Juan Marichal mm-hmm. 244 complete games <laughs> The guy that's at number two has 72, and it's not Pedro Martinez. It's a guy named Mario Soto. Yeah. So 244 complete games, 289 ERA. Uh, this guy, this guy is just this guy was just unfair. And he did it from a mound that was a little higher. 3,500 innings. I mean, the guy, the guy was just unreal. Um, ERA plus 123, which is why he's number two and Pedro's number one at 154. Yeah. So this guy was 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 a solid was the solid number two in in the Dominican Republic, and he will stay that way for a minute because I don't see I don't see many many pitchers coming up. And he had one of the better nicknames in baseball, uh, the Dominican Dandy. Um, Dominican Dandy, yeah. Why why was he named the Dominican Dandy? I have no idea, to be quite honest with you. Uh, what's a dandy anyway? So uh, I mean, I, I just remember Chris Foggy. I'm just dandy, you know. But not, <laughs> remember, I mean, I, I learned how to speak. English at full full time when I was well into my teens, so I'm not very familiar with my uh, with my euphemisms. Or... Um, so here we go. Marichal in English means uh, it's the guy is a farrier. It's the person who maintains the health and balance of the horse's feet through uh, through trimming of the hoof and placement of horseshoes. So uh, Juan uh, horse feet horse cleaner. Keeper. Horse keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Juan horse keeper. Sure. Juan horse keeper. And then. Oh. Uh, Pedro Martinez is Pedro Martinez. I mean, he's still, yeah. uh, you Peter still see Martinez, him. Yeah. Peter Martinez, yeah. Hey, Peter still- Martinez. Petey. Petey, Petey. Yeah. Uh, hey, Petey. Uh, that's what Kevin Millar calls him. Hey, Petey. Petey, yeah. What you going to bring way, to the game today? Uh, all-time, all-time leader in the Dominican Republic uh, for Dominican pitchers in uh, strikeouts per nine, uh, Pedro Martinez with 10.02. 10 strikeouts per nine. He's the all-time leader in that. He's number three in wins with 219. Number two behind Marichal at 293, but you can make the case mm-hmm. that Marichal was pitch, uh, Pedro Martinez was pitching to create it, you know, wrote to the show characters pretty much. 
in the American League East in the in the and the and Marshall had you know he's not known as a strikeout pitcher but 23 uh 2300 pitchers uh 2300 uh Pedro had uh 3154 so yeah Pedro Martinez number one by far uh this next guy number my sp3 is uh Bartolo Colon just uh for longevity reasons he made the cut as my number three okay. starting pitcher who's your number th- three starting I got pitcher? him I got him I got him in the bullpen as my innings eater or my oh, wow. sixth starter. Yeah. Uh, that's Bartolo. My number three starting pitcher is Jose Rijo. Jose Rijo, 1990 MVP mm-hmm. in the uh, World Series. He, he, he pitched two games. Uh, and and you know what? He is much more than that. He had a, a 19-year career. Uh, ERA of 324. Uh, over, over 19 years, 116 and 91. Uh, and he was injured for five years. And he still put up you know, he, he had five years that he did not he did not play in the majors, had a heck of a comeback. But when he was right, when he was uh, he uh, for the Cincinnati Reds uh, in 10 years, he had 10 years with the Reds, 97 and 61 with a 283 ERA, 1.187 whip and a 306 uh, field independent pitching. So this guy's a solid number three. He could have been number one or two in some teams uh, in the in the in the in the league, he was the number one, but I, I put him as my number three uh, for all-time Dominican, Jose Rijo. That's a good one. Uh, Rijo is my number four uh, starting pitcher. I'm Again, the dominance that he displayed, he basically helped carry that Reds team to a World Series champion uh, against a very vaunted uh, Herculean Oakland Athletics team, which had Canseco and McGuire and uh, uh, Dave Stewart and all those guys. But, but you know, your guy is not bad. I Bartolo. I mean, he may, he may have become a running joke back in, towards the end of his career with the whole big sexy thing. But that that could pitch. I mean, yes, that was supposed to be Johan Santana's Cy Young in 05. I get it. <laughs> but I mean, the guy was at least if you're in the Cy Young conversation, you can pitch. And the guy could pitch back in the day, like when he was with Cleveland. He could he could definitely deal back then. Let's go. Let's go with some uh, Spanish uh, name here. Uh, Bartolo Colon, so basically Bartholomew Dove. Colon means dove. <laughs> and Rico uh, is. It looks like it's uh, a, a happy, joyful person. Also, Jose Joyful person. Jose Joey Joyful. All right, Joe Joyful. Joey Joyful. Yeah, good one. Good <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, who's so your got... SP four then? Um, I'm number four, Johnny Cueto. Oh, okay. Johnny Cueto. I got Johnny Cueto uh, as my number four guy again, you know, and Johnny Cueto could very easily could have slid into three. But I mean, a lot of people remember him from, you know, him melting in in Pittsburgh because, but I mean, Johnny Cueto has a career ERA of 341 and he's pitched over 300 games. So he knows what he's doing. You know, second place finish in Cy Young, a fourth place finish in Cy Young, a sixth place finish in Cy Young. So, I mean, yeah, solid, solid, Solid guy to have in any rotation, nonetheless. Again, 3.4 ERA. You know how to pitch, to my point. Uh, Cueto in English translation means short. So Johnny Short. Johnny Short. <laughs> uh, and finally, my SP5 is uh, Cesar Cedeno's teammate in Houston for a long time in the 70s, Joaquin Andujar, a forgotten That's my man. number five. That's oh, my number oh. five, Joaquin. I promise. Look, look at here. I got the evidence right there. Number five. What's it say there? Uh, Joaquin Andujar. I have the Joaquin evidence Andujar, too. Joaquin Andujar, my yeah, man. See, I wrote it down. Joaquin so. Andujar, and he's forgotten. He is absolutely forgotten about. Yep. And a lot of people remember the, the debacle in game seven that he almost, you know, 
he almost put Don Dankinger through a through a uh, through a wall. Uh, you're talking, but, hold on, you're talking about the '85 yeah. World Series, correct? Yes. Okay. But Joaquin Andujar was a legit pitcher. Yeah. Like, 3.58 ERA. Um, I know the wins is blah, but 127 oh. wins. He's a he's a. I mean, this guy could uh, number three in all time Dominican players with 68 complete games, and a 19 a number three as well for Dominican players. 19, 19 shutouts. Number one's Marichal at 52. Number two, I'm going to give you a guess. It's not Pedro, but it's related to Pedro. Oh, Ramon Martinez? Ramon Martinez is number two all-time wow. for Dominican uh, shutouts uh, at 20. And then Joaquin Andujar at, uh, at 19. And Pedro, number four with 17. Interesting. So, yeah, that's Interesting. a good way to win 20 bucks. You're like, who's number two? With uh, with twenty with twenty shoutouts, number two all time Dominican last name Martinez. What's his name? And people gonna be like Pedro. It was like Pedro. Nope, I win. It's Ramon. No, I so said they're gonna no. Well, if, you're Boston, if you're in Boston, if you're in Boston, as a Petey, it's Petey, right? It's Petey, Petey Martinez. Petey, go get my cockies here. <laughs> all right, and that would bring us to the bullpen now. Uh, bullpen, yeah. Who's and your... you know what? I had a, I had a real conundrum here because yeah, there's a lot I, of good guys was, on was, this list. I was and yeah, I was tempted to go. Towards the towards the uh, Corderos and Jose Mesa and all that, but for some reason Dominican pitchers, it's they have one or two good years. The ones that I've looked at, and all of a sudden they boom, they just they, I could never find one that was a Mariano Rivera consistent, you know, or a or a that had ten straight years of, of good bullpen dominance. So what I had to do was I had to go to the K per nine. I went to the strikeouts per nine. And the and the walks per nine Dominican walks per nine pitchers and I picked a bunch of guys from there. Uh, so my bullpen, you want me to tell you like four or five my my whole bullpen, or you want um, me to tell you one by one? Let's go. Uh, let's go the whole thing because we're running out of time. Let's. Right. Who's your uh, bullpen? And how many? Wait, how, how many do you have? How many do you have? I have six people in my bullpen. I only have five, but okay, go ahead. I have six. I have six. I got Francisco Liriano because I have to have a lefty in there and nine point nine K per nine. Mm-hmm. I got Big Sexy Bartolo Colon as my innings eater or six starter. Mm-hmm. I got another uh, good caper nine guy, Ubaldo Jimenez. Oh wow, good guy. I got, I got Fernando Rodney, uh, number number two all time in uh, Dominican players uh, for innings pitched and games played. Uh, no games played, sorry, not innings pitched. Uh, number five is Mario Soto. Uh, we mentioned them here, three four seven ERA, and number six I have. The 1995 version of Jose Mesa, and that's it. I don't want nothing else. I just want 1995 Jose Mesa, and that's it. <laughs> I have to get creative on that one. But, uh, you know, and, and I was tempted to go towards the Francisco Corderos yeah. and all these guys that ju- and Rafael Sorianos that just bring gas. Yeah. But the thing is, if it's for a short series, maybe I go with those guys. But if it's to put the best guys together, I mean – Dominican Republic has so many good pitches that we forgot about. You know, Pascual Perez has an ERA of 340, and people think of him like this guy's, and, and this guy's ERA was 340. He almost made my bullpen. Pascual Perez, the guy that got lost in Atlanta. Was he related you know, to Melito? Melito? Yes, Perez? that's his brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, former, that's his brother, Melito, Melito Perez. Former right, White Sox Perez, player there. Yeah, 344 career ERA. So, I mean, that, that guy was, was, there, there were really good players there, but I had to go that route on the Dominican players. 
So these are the best Caper 9. The, the, I, I grabbed the best Caper 9 players, and I... I Uh, Melvin, are you still there? You kind of broke up there for me, or is it me? I uh, can't tell. Um, we'll see what, uh, if Melvin comes back online, but Melvin, can you hear me now? I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Yeah. yeah you, I, I can hear you, my man. My bad. I, I, you kind of disappeared on me. Well, let, let's, I'll quickly just say my bullpen then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I got Jose Table, Joe Table, Jose Mesa Table. as, as my yeah. closer. You got uh, the whole thing or just the 95 version? No, the whole thing. I mean, I mean, <laughs> so that's not my guy. My guy's the 95 version. I mean, 300. <laughs> I, I just simply saw who the saves leader was and I just kind of picked and choose. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jose Table uh, is my closer. Uh, 300 plus saves. You can't, can't argue. Fernando Rodney, uh, he's my, one of my late inning guys. Uh, I just like him as a personality. I mean, come on. I mean, the tilted hat, I still kind of wear my, my hat tilted sometimes because of Fernando Rodney and others like uh, for him. Those of you that are, that are, for those of you for those of you who are listening, I'm not, not watching. I'm doing the arrow right now. Yeah, I was going to do the arrow too. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite uh, finishers there. Um, who else is here? Alejandro Pena, who people forget, former uh, Braves closer. Alejandro Pena, yeah. Unfortunately, the last uh, memory most people have of Alejandro Pena is uh, him giving up that single to Gene Larkin in the Gene Larkin, yeah. World Series in 1991. 91, yeah, 91. Uh, Armando Benitez, big fireballer. And if you saw the Dominican list of, uh, of relievers, yeah. uh, he yeah. basically leads them in strikeouts or, or he's up there with over a thousand strikeouts, it seems like. Yeah, he, he the, uh, let's see, uh, Armando Benitez. You know, and, and he caught a lot of bad. Like, I, I know Mets fans are imploding right now that we're even there mentioning this guy. But, I mean, this guy's got he's got some serious numbers. He's got over 300 saves. Am I correct? Or is it, or is he barely just under? I, I thought I saw that he had over 300 saves, but I can double check for you if you want. But uh, go ahead. Oh, geez. Melvin, you still there? Oh. Okay. Uh, okay, so yeah, so Armando Benitez, I from, from what I remember, I thought I could have sworn he had over a hundred uh 300 saves. Um, okay, I, I know uh, that the Armando. strikeouts uh were plentiful as well. And my last guy is Octavio yeah. Dotel, yeah, Octavio uh, Dotel. You know, Dotel and Benitez are right, are Dotel, uh, Benitez 762 appearances, uh, Dotel 758 for six and seven all time in Dominican players. By the way, Benitez so, has 289, 289. saves. Yeah. Yep, 289. And close yep. to 1,000 strikeouts. So that would put him uh, somewhere third on the uh, saves list here among, yep. among yep. the Dominican players who uh, uh, are leading fourth. in saves. He's fourth. Number one. You want to take a shot at number one? Well, I, I, I have a list here, but it looks like Jose oh, okay. Table. No, it's not Jose Table. It's uh, Octavio Dotel. I have yeah. Octavio Dotel as with 1,100 strikeouts in terms of just the guys who oh. are among the saves leaders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so among the Dominican players over 100 saves, Octavio Dotel has the highest amount of strikeouts with 1,100, uh, 1,143. And that's my number five guy uh, on my bullpen, Octavio Dotel, who seemingly uh, Real quick, forever. because I know, real quick, because I know we're on the run. Uh, guys that missed the cut on the bullpen, Jose Valverde, remember that guy? Yeah, I remember him. Jose Valverde, uh, Juan Guzman, he missed the cut, uh, Blue Jays. Um, also, we had... Um, uh, Pedro Astacio, Irvin Santana. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, oh, oh, Rafael Soriano, Santiago Casilla, Mel Rojas. Um, they got a lot of really good bullpen arms, but all those guys could never be consistent, you know? Even Carlos yeah. Marmol, they could never be consistent. It was either like, you know, it was like you had to take something. You had to take like a Xanax or something, dude. 
calm yourself before they came into the into the game. So that's it. That's who they are, my man. That's my that's the I I have a little bonus for you. I have a little bonus okay. for you. Well, 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 I mean, we have a 25 man roster here, but what's okay. a 25 man roster without a manager? And I, I, I thought about one. My manager is, uh, you know, he didn't get he didn't make the cut for my team, but he's definitely managing this squad. And that's Felipe Alou. Felipe Alou. Yeah, I got a uh, different manager. What? Who's your manager? I got a different manager. I got the all-time leader in championships for the Caribbean series and former oh. Seattle Mariner, Mr. Felix Fermin. Okay. That's the guy okay. that should be the manager of the Dominican team right now for the next classic. <laughs> Felix Fermin. That guy's a legend uh, managing. He, he does really, uh, he does really well for his team. Yeah. Uh, so they, they, these guys, um, He's a well sought after uh, manager in the in the Dominican uh, Winter League. He should definitely manage the big team, uh, and he has chosen not to manage in the big leagues because they've called him. But he's chosen to stay down there. Felix Fermin, great guy. Uh, so um, that's my manager. But I can see uh, uh, Felipe Alou is great, one of the great. You know him. You could also chosen uh, Manny Acta. Uh, actually, you jump in the gun on me, man. I actually oh, do bad. have Manny Acta as my third base coach. Third base coach. Okay. And that's my Manny first Acta. base coach is Luis Pujols, the other Pujols. Luis I think Pujols. Luis was a catcher. But let me uh, talk based on Felipe Lu, and uh, we can wrap this up soon. Uh, yeah. Felipe Lu, over 1,000 wins. He's uh, 1,033 wins, uh, 503 win-loss percentage. So that puts him, what, uh, 12 games over 500, I believe. And um, he finished first uh, in first place one time at least. Uh, but we all know the memorable job he did with the Montreal Expos. Um, year after year, not knowing if the Expos would keep some of the players that made him successful the years prior. He always kept that team afloat. He brought us Moises Alou into this world. So, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> and then Although Moises Alou. I would have I rather Moises wear, hang, uh, wear batting gloves, that's for sure. And no, doing he, what he did for hand grip. You know, well, but, I mean, I mean, that's what he urinated on his hands for. He, he peed on his hands so he can get a better grip and, and, and you know, save himself from blisters, you know. So that's why he did it. And uh, that's it. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to bring up while we're still here uh, there, Melvin? Uh, no, my man. Uh, it was great, great talking with you. Happy Independence Day to my Dominican brothers out there. I hope that, you know, if you disagree, go ahead, talk with us because um, that's what we like doing, man. We're uh, over here in baseball life. we got like 20 baseball savants right here that just are just going <laughs> to, they're just going to, uh, they love baseball and they know a lot of baseball. So, Join us, you know, if you if you if you like Dominican baseball, happy happy Independence Day to you, my friend. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, and hope you you know uh, we got to bring back some big, really good memories from these guys right here. Oh man, I, you know me, man. I always like talking baseball history. And uh, once you go ahead and uh, plug in your uh, your baseball page on Facebook again, please. Oh, of course. Um, I uh, I run a page called Baseball Cosmos, and we talk about um, baseball all year round from everywhere, from all around. Like we talk the Australian league, we talk the Japanese league, the Korean league, all the winter leagues. Okay. We're not just major league baseball. We talk about every league because, you know, just in case something like, you know, in the off season or our league doesn't start, but their league starts, you got a little bit of baseball there to carry you through, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously it's not going to be the same quality, you know, pound for pound, but it's still really good baseball. Most uh, like Henry Aaron, Roberto Clemente, if the winter leagues was good enough for those guys and they're really good enough for us. So we definitely, uh, so if you want to, uh, I'm always in baseball live with the guys. 
If you guys want to want to join the page, you're more than welcome to come talk some international baseball with us. I'm always down, man. I'm always down for anything. Sometimes uh, it, it, those winter blues get to you, and nothing like baseball to remind you that hey, it's, you know, it's spring's just around the corner. It's, it's not going to be like this forever, right? Like That's we right. just like we talked about at the beginning, it's raining outside. So, and, and I don't know about you. Uh, you you're from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I don't know if you've been uh, going outside lately, and you've just been breathing that air, and it's like. Yeah, spring's just around the corner, it's which yeah, it's I, coming, I'm which in, means baseball's coming. I'm currently in Tennessee right now, but That's definitely right, we had we had a foot of snow on the ground last week, so it brought back some memories. And uh, let me tell you, all that all that area, St. Louis, Chicago, all that snow, it'll get it'll 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 melt, my friend. It'll melt. I can see the road <laughs> already. It'll melt. And there you go. Baseball will be here with us before we know. It. Yeah, and then we got some spring training games already, from what I've been uh, right. hearing as well. well they I, start next week, so. We'll see. I, no, I, I could have sworn there was some Cactus League action going on right now, so we have to oh, check really? that out soon. That's, that's perfect. All right. Well, I am Felipe. That is Melvin right there. Melvin with uh, Baseball Cosmos, and I am from the Total Basis Podcast. A little bit of crossover action over here at Live from Baseball Life. Please join us every weekend, Sunday mornings. And if not, join the Baseball Life group uh, over at Facebook. It is what I think. No, no bias here, but I still think it's the best baseball group on Facebook that you'll find anywhere. So thank you for being here. Oh, there it is. Oh, you got the banner, the Baseball Life oh, uh, banner. My, my, my 2020 World Series banner failed, but there's the Baseball Life standing right over it. So. Oh, well, that's because our group is uh, that that's more well-built. That's why. That's right. <laughs> Melvin, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and uh, we'll thank talk you. to you thank soon. You Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Have a good one. Thank you, guys.